0: Listening to the Destiny Community Church podcast. There was this first grade teacher that asked her class this question. She said, What do you do to help at home? What do you do to help around the house? And one by one, hands started going up and and students started answering the question. One little girl said, I dry the dishes. Another little boy said, I feed the dog. Another student said, I sweep the floor. And everyone in the whole classroom, they were all all these little first graders were giving their answers to how they help out around the house. But there was this one little boy sitting in the back of the classroom that didn't raise his hand and he didn't give an answer. So the teacher walked up to him and she said, Johnny, what do you do to help out at home? And he said, I just stay out of the way. Church, as members of the household of faith, we cannot afford to just stay out of the way. You're not doing yourself, you're not doing the body of Christ, the kingdom of God, any justice if you just stay out of the way. Every member is a minister. And and shoot, here at DCC, you don't even have to be a member to serve in most places. There are a few key positions that, that you you must be a member to volunteer in, but but. there's a large variety of different places you can serve and we don't even require you to be a member. You see, it's because one of our core values here at DCC is direction. Direction. Helping people find the direction that God has for their lives and providing opportunities for their involvement in ministry. This is one of the four D's of destiny. If you will, just leave that up there just for a moment. It, It is one of the four D's of destiny and we believe, we believe that If you have the four D's of destiny operating in your life as a believer, as a child of God, we believe you are a well rounded Christian, but you cannot, you cannot negate this one. Direction is important. Finding God's direction. God, where do you want me to serve? How do you want me to serve in your kingdom? And and you must have this operating in your life. You see, the early church, the believers in Acts chapter 2, they were walking in their divine destiny. The apostles, the apostles were teaching the word of God and they were operating in signs and wonders. And then the people, the church, they were providing for one another as needs would arise. They didn't let anyone go without, so they were serving one another. And church, understand that the church, the body of Christ is never more beautiful than when we answer the call to serve one another. There is not a a, a more beautiful picture on this planet than when the people of God Choose to serve one another when we lay aside some of our own wants and some of our own desires, when we are willing to get out of our comfort zone, when we are willing to lay our schedules aside just so that we can serve one another. You know, Jesus told his disciples, He said, People will know that you are with me, people will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another, by the way that you serve one another. So, if we want to be known as disciples of Christ, we've got to realize. It's service. It is loving one another as the early church loved one another. It's time that God's people look to heaven and say, here I am, God, at your service. Here I am. Lord, I'm making myself available. And, and, and we have become so, so consumed with this consumerism Christianity. This is tough. I'm telling you, some of you are going to get your toes stepped on today. It's all right. I love you. I don't like you sometimes, but I love you. And this, this, this consumerism Christianity has bombarded the church where, where people show up and it's like, what can you do for me? How can you entertain me? How can you speak positive words into my life that I can take with me tomorrow? And sometimes, how many of you know the word of God is a two-edged sword and sometimes it hurts, sometimes it carves, sometimes it performs operations. And, and I don't know about you, but some of the best church services I've ever been in in my life is when the word of God hurt me a little bit just so that I could become more like Christ. Well, today might be one of those days. So some of you need to realize that's where we're at. Consumerism, Christianity, it doesn't have its place here. I'm not saying that we don't have a good time. I'm not saying that we don't laugh and, 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 and have fun together. It, we certainly do. And there's moments. I mean, by a tree, change a life is one of those moments for us. It is just joy. It's just fun. We do plenty of that kind of stuff around here. But church, understand You are not called to just come and sit in a chair and be entertained and just for someone to preach a feel-good message to you. I I can give you plenty of TV preachers right now that that if you won't, just see me privately. I'm not gonna do it publicly, but, but there's other places that you can find that. I'm more concerned about raising up sheep that wanna follow in the footsteps of Christ. That's my job as a pastor. That's my job as your shepherd. I wanna make sure that we're raising up men and women that wanna be like Christ and they wanna be the hands and feet of Christ Extended. So it's time, it's time, church, it's time. Every individual in this room, it's time. Listen, you, you, you can't live off daddy's service. You can't live off mommy's service. You can't live off grandma's service. You've got to provide your own service for the kingdom of God. You've got to say, what can I do? Here I am, God, at your service. Mark chapter 10 today. Boy, y'all better buckle up. It's hitting me a little bit different than it did first service. This might be rough, I don't know. Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, we find one of these moments where Jesus is is using an opportunity to teach his disciples. The 12 men that he handpicked to to follow him around, that he was pouring into them. He was creating a disciplined walk in in their walk with God. and, And he was showing them the ways of the kingdom. And, and I've preached from this many times, but I, I feel like today God just wants me to read it to you, and we're not going to dwell on it lonely, and then we're, or, 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 or for very long, rather, um, but we're, we're going to get through this, and, and then I'm going to give you three things, and I'm going to let you go home, okay? Mark chapter 10, verse 35, and James and John, as two of the disciples, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. well that's a loaded statement right teacher we want you to do whatever we ask don't say no just say yes right now just don't don't hesitate just what first thing comes to your mind yes yes just say yes, yes we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you wisely Jesus said to them verse 36 what do you want me to do for you and they said to him grant us to sit one at your right hand and the one in your left And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. Now get this picture: James and John asked Jesus this question. Can you tell? You know, can you guarantee that one of us will sit these two brothers? You know, the sons of Zebedee. One will sit at your right, one at your left. Somewhere along the way, the other disciples walk into the room and they're hearing this conversation, and they become angry with James and John about it. Now understand. They're not angry because they ask the question. They're angry because they're afraid they're going to be in the front of the line. Like when Jesus comes to his throne, when he sets up his kingdom, how dare you guys move to the front of the line? How could you possibly ask, aren't we all in this thing together? They're just worried about their position in the kingdom is all they're worried about. And so Jesus called to them, verse 42, and Jesus called to him and said to them, it's not how you think. It's not according to the world's standards. And he takes this and he turns the entire paradigm upside down. It's a shift. And he says, it, greatness is not what you think. It's not position. It's not power. It's certainly not a title. He said, to be great in my father's kingdom. He, he said, basically, the economy of my father it, it, it rests upon those who are willing to lower themselves, and he even goes as far as to say, "You're going to be a servant, or you're going to be slaves to others." In other words, you're going to get so comfortable with serving others that is how you become great in the kingdom of God. Now, this this is already convicting some of us right now. It's tough. It's hard when it goes completely against what the world is trying to shove in our face on what greatness looks like in in the world's economy. Jesus says you can't look at it like that. You've got to become a servant to be great in the kingdom of God. Really quick, three ways to serve God. I'm sure there's more, but I'm only giving you three. Okay, so no emails. Three ways to serve God. first one is this. You serve God... By serving saints, his people. You serve God by serving saints. I've been in conversations with pastors all over the nation over the past two and a half years, and I've come to realize that that COVID caused a, ma- a major disruption in volunteerism at local churches. You you would be shocked. We've been pretty blessed here at DCC. I'll acknowledge that. We've got a wonderful volunteer base, probably the largest volunteer base we've ever had in our church's history. We've got a great volunteer base. It doesn't mean we don't need help in certain areas. It doesn't mean that some people uh, aren't having to pull double duty sometimes. I know it happens, but, but as a whole, we look pretty good compared to some churches across the nation because COVID has absolutely wiped out their, their volunteer base. A recent Gallup poll showed that 35% of Americans reported volunteering for a religious organization last year. 35% of Americans reported volunteering for a religious organization last year. It doesn't sound bad. It's probably actually catching some of you off guard. You're like, wow, it's higher than I thought, except when you start realizing that it's in decline. It's down from 38% in 2020 and 44% in 2017. Simply put, serving in the local church is in decline we're watching this happen right now serving in the local church is tanking i also want you to notice that volunteer rates also fell during the great recession of 2008 and here's here's what happens church whenever people whenever people they feel like their time their talent or their treasure is threatened in any way they will hoard it they will keep it now understand i'm not preaching on finances today it certainly affects finances, but that's not what I'm preaching on. I, I'm I'm talking about your talent, what you are able to do in volunteering for the kingdom of God and serving in the kingdom of God. That's what I'm talking about. And and it tanked in 2008 with the Great Recession, and once again we find ourselves here, probably the, the well you can see there the lowest in, in over two decades, the lowest in over two decades. This is tough. Serving in the local church. Is in decline. Now, I understand that the fear of contracting COVID was a real fear for some people, and I'm not going to make light of that. I don't want anyone like bombarding me with emails or anything trying to correct me and all this. I get it. There's some people due to age, health conditions, whatever it was, that they were more susceptible. I understand that. I get it. I'm not talking about those people. However, There was a whole other group of people that decided to take advantage of the COVID situation and just not be involved. And here's the thing that happened two and a half years ago when all this thing broke loose. Now, the people that once held them accountable can no longer hold them accountable because we had to be sensitive to it. Because there were some people that simply stopped coming to church that in in any normal circumstance, I would have picked up the phone and called them and said, where are you, my brother? Where are you, my sister? You're you're missed. We need you. But in those circumstances, that could not be done. Because now you had to be sensitive because there were, were, were really people out there that were really concerned and they needed to be concerned. I get it. I understand all of that. But understand, church, that there are some people that just took advantage of the COVID situation and just said, you know what, this is my way out. I just don't want to be involved anymore. And sitting at home, watching online, watching church online, it, 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 it became a convenience just to avoid the crowds, drink coffee, and, and, and watch church in your PJs. And I get it. I get it. It's extremely convenient, but it's not biblical. I, there's some watching online right now that I'm talking to them, and they know it. I love you, but you're wrong. You, you Just pull your feet underneath your chair. I won't stomp too hard. It's not biblical. First Peter 4 and 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. He's talking about within the confines of the church, the body of Christ use them, use the gifts to serve one another. Galatians 5 and 13, for you were called to freedom brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Galatians 6 and 10, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. He he emphasizes it, that we are to do good. We are to serve those that are part of the household of faith. You cannot negate this. You cannot get out of it. He is calling us to local church ministry and to serve the body of Christ. Let me say something to those that are within driving distance of DCC, and maybe they're watching online, or, or maybe they're out on the boat somewhere right now enjoying the river, um, but they'll be home later, and they'll watch later on tonight, and God, God will fill you full of conviction then. Um. If you're within driving distance of DCC and you're not concerned about your health anymore, make church and serving in the church a priority once again in your life. That means you got to get off your butt, you got to get a shower, you don't even have to wear a suit and tie or a dress, not at DCC. You just got to wear something. (laughs) (laughs) Don't show up nude. It's time. It's time. God's calling us back together. It's time that the saints of God, the people of God, come back together and and, and that we once again worship him in spirit and in truth together. It's God's plan for you. It's God's plan for me. Hebrews 10 and 25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And I understand that. And listen to what he's saying. Especially, like, even more so, we are to encourage one another together, assembling ourselves together, encouraging one another, even more so as you see the day of the Lord approaching. Understand what He's saying. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, church. We are closer today to the return of Christ than we were yesterday. I'm not even talking about biblical prophecy, I'm not talking about end times. The, the youngest child in our children's ministry understands that yesterday is behind us and we are another day closer to the return of Christ. Even more so as you see the day of the Lord approaching, gather yourselves together and encourage one another. You cannot do that sitting at home on your butt watching TV. Let's move on. Because the Christian life is not, not meant to be spent in isolation. That goes against the family of God. It goes against Scripture. We are called together, together, but we are not only called together, together. We're called to serve one another. Let me give you the second point here. You serve God by serving out of your salvation. Now, you heard me wrong. Somebody's going to start blasting me on social media. It won't be the first time. I don't care. You serve out. You serve God by serving out of your salvation, not for your salvation. You serve God by serving out of your salvation. We're not saved by our good works. Listen to Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. Listen to what the apostle Paul writes. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. You see, you didn't do anything for that. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. But listen to this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Somebody say good works. works. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. You see, he's already prepared good works for you to accomplish in his kingdom. Like he's already got a to-do list for you that he wants you to accomplish. And only you, no one else can do what he's called you to do. And he's called you to complete this. God prepared them beforehand that we should walk in them. I'll stress to you again, we are not saved by our good works, but we are saved for our good works, church. We are saved for our good works. You cannot do anything to earn your salvation. Christ already paid that price, but your job is to live out your salvation to humanity through your good works. That is what we are called to do. And finally, you serve God by serving sinners. By serving sinners. Yes, we are called to assemble ourselves together and to encourage one another and to serve one another. But when that's all we focus on and we never get outside the walls of this church, then it becomes dangerous to our walk with Christ. Because Christ modeled the way for us To serve sinners. Jesus would often. Perform good works for the people. That he was trying to reach with the good news. As should we. If we want to reach them with the good news. Then let's serve them. Let's let's just open our hearts up. Let's love them into the kingdom. But, But understand. Jesus served both saints and sinners. He served saints and sinners. For the bridegroom of the wedding in Cana. He turned water into wine. For the royal official, Jesus healed his son. For the man with leprosy, he healed his skin condition. For the widow in Nain, he, he raised her son from the dead. For the woman with the issue of blood, he stopped her bleeding. For Jairus, Jesus brought his daughter back to life. For the two blind men, Jesus restored their sight. For the invalid at Bethesda, he caused him to walk again. For the 5,000 hungry men, their wives and their children, he multiplied five loaves of bread and two fish. And for Mary and Martha, believers, saints, Jesus resurrected their brother Lazarus. You see, Jesus was not a respecter of persons when it came to this. He was serving both saint and sinner, and he's called us to do the same. Jesus would often meet the legitimate needs of the people that he was trying to reach. And, and, and church, when, when we as the body of Christ, when we learn to meet the legitimate needs of the community and surrounding communities, that, that's when they will open the door for conversations about Jesus. It's one of the reasons why I love working in the Buy a Tree, Change a Life tent is because it's there where they come in to buy that tree, but man, God will open the door and the Holy Spirit will begin to move and we're able to pray. And we, it's sometimes we might even lead someone to Christ or we'll pray for needs in their life or simply just, just pray for their encouragement. You see, when you start meeting legitimate needs in their life, they'll open the door for conversations about Jesus. And every weekend throughout this month of November, hundreds of seers will serve in our community and surrounding communities. Just to name a few, they'll, they'll pick up roadside trash. They'll rake leaves and clean headstones at the cemetery. Some of them were doing that yesterday. Our, our mini, women's ministry replaced flowers on graves because we know that Thanksgiving is the most visited time of the year for, for a cemetery. We want it to be ready for Thanksgiving. One group put... New American flags on veterans' graves. There's a group of men in our church that provide free oil changes for widows and single moms. There's a group of women that they prepare freezer meals for foster families. They clean city parks. They build ramps. Just yesterday, they built a ramp to make a home handicap-accessible. They have painted schools. They've remulched flower beds. The list goes on and on. DCC has become the tangible hands and feet of Jesus, and especially during this month of serving. And the scriptures remind us that we were created for this. Matthew 5 and 16, Jesus said, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Ephesians 2 and 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17, What good is it, my brothers? Listen to the brother of Jesus. This is his brother. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one, of, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for their body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Church, I refuse, I refuse to let my faith die. James said, if you don't have good works attached to it, your faith is dead. And I'm afraid that so many people, we have trusted our souls with Christ. We have been resurrected. But what are we doing to keep it resurrected? James said, you've got to attach good works to it. He said, you've got to make sure that you are the hands and feet of my brother Christ. He said, you've got to make sure that you are doing good to others. And if you're not, then you have flatlined in your faith. I know you don't want to hear this. I know it. It's, I told God you didn't want to hear it. But church, we are never more like Christ than when we serve. Absolutely not. We are never more like Christ than, than when we serve. When we serve, we are the body of Christ. And saved people serve people. Sports of volleyball. Volleyball tennis and my personal favorite ping pong each volley begins with a serve and it's usually followed by a return you serve and there's a return oh it's it's starting to sink in you serve and there's a return. I, I hear you, Holy Spirit. There's, there's, a, there's a reason why some of you are not walking in the blessings of God. And it's because you have refused to serve. You've, you've heard it. It's been preached. Some of you, you've even done it at one time. But right now, you've taken a hiatus. You've taken a break. Listen to me. Mm. So i got a grandson now. All that matters is what he thinks about me. I don't care what you think about me. (laughs) He thinks I'm awesome. He's right. (laughs) Listen to me, listen to me. My wife's 90-year-old grandfather was here in first service. 90 years old. His brother died in Michigan, and they drove. Spent one night on the road there, one night on the road back. He was in service this morning. He's not missing church. And Whitey Busker still serves in this local church as one of our greeters. If Whitey can do that, you can do it. I've went through the scriptures sabbaticals are short lived and they're weekly when you get that right you're not going to get burnout out in ministry and you're going to stay attached to ministry and you're going to continue doing your good works to, to live out your faith that's what's going to happen Now, some of you you're burning the candle at both ends and you chose to let service in the kingdom of God take a back seat while everything else has a priority and I'm telling you it's why you're missing out God's got blessings for you, but let me tell you, 90 year old Whitey Busker, you'll never convince him that he can't serve in the kingdom of God. When you serve, there's a return. And when we serve in the kingdom of God, it is always followed with a return, only it's not competitive, it's a reward. In his most popular sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said Matthew 6 and verse 20, he said, store your treasures in heaven. Store your treasures in heaven. That was his command to us. I don't have anything against people being blessed. And listen, if you like finer things in life, I'm okay with that. that I'm not preaching against that. I, listen, I'm, I'm searching for a, a new-to-me Jeep my jeep has 229,000 miles on it it's time for pop rock to get a new jeep right it's time and i i don't want just some old jeep i want bells and whistles and all the nice stuff on it okay i get it i understand that i'm, I'm not talking about you how you live your lifestyle and all that i'm sure you deserve the finer things of life if you can afford it if you're living off credit you probably can't afford it but let's keep going let's keep going Time, talent, and treasure are the things that we can give back to the kingdom of God. Today, I'm specifically talking about your talent and your time. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Because Jesus said that there's a way that you can store up treasures in heaven. Now, what kind of treasures are we storing up in heaven? And more importantly, what are we going to do with them? I mean, when you get there, they've paved the streets with pure gold. Like, what good is my Rolex going to be? I don't own a Rolex. I don't own. I have a fossil. It was on sale. I'm a cheapskate. What what good is heaven going to be if we if we have our treasures with us? Why would Jesus say, "Store it for yourself, treasures in heaven"? What's the use in all of that? You're surrounded by the finest building materials. Known to man. Why would we want to store up treasures in heaven? Maybe you've heard it said, well, there's another jewel in his crown, or there's another jewel in her crown, or there's another jewel in your crown. And you know that that often accompanies when when someone has done something nice or done something, gone out of their way for someone, insinuating that in heaven we will receive. Crowns as our rewards for good works, and, and more importantly, jewels in those crowns. Now, it's not completely theologically sound, but it's not too far off. I know this because Revelation chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, explains to me what we get to do with those crowns. Revelation 4 and 9, whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne the one who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down and worship the one on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. And he gives us this this glimpse of heaven of what we get to do with our treasures with our crowns you you see church I don't I don't want you to, to misconstrue why we do buy tree change of life or why we do serve month or or why we do free community events and we serve in various ways I don't want you to to misconstrue what's what's really happening yeah it, it's nice that 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 people recognize, give you a pat on the back and all that good stuff, I I get it, I get it I understand all that but the real reason why we're doing it is because I want to make sure that as your shepherd, as your pastor that when you get to the throne of God that you've got treasures for no other reason except to take them off And to lay them at his feet and worship to him. And I refuse to let anyone that sits under my ministry walk up to the throne of God empty-handed because he deserves the glory, he deserves the crowns, he deserves the treasures. And he's called us to work here, to serve here. I know that the scriptures tell us of at least five different crowns that we can earn in heaven. And this messes with some of your theology. Don't take my word for it. You go find out for yourself. you want to set up an appointment, meet with Pastor BJ. He'll be glad to point you through it. Ain't nobody got time for that. Listen to me. There's at least five different crowns that the scriptures speak of. There may be more, but at least five that we're certain of. I don't know how this works. I don't know if we show up every morning and it's like, hey, we're going to start our day off in heaven in this new earth, this new Jerusalem. I don't know if if it's like we're going to start today in worship and so we... Take our crowns off and we lay them down and we worship him because he's certainly worthy of it. And then it's time to enjoy the blessings of heaven. And we pick them back up and we put them back on and we get to go and do our thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know. Maybe we take them off and we lay them down and, and we leave those there, and the next day we bring a few more with us and we get to lay those down. And I don't know, I don't know. I understand this though, according to scripture. Not all of us are going to get the same reward when we get to heaven. Understand, I'm not talking about whether or not you make it. I'm not talking about your salvation. If you call on the name of Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. I understand that. But you need to understand that there's really two different judgments. Three, actually, but but two for us us as believers. There's the one where we, we stand before... A holy and mighty God and we're judged for whether or not we have Jesus Christ as our advocate for our lives we'll get to that in a few moments but there's a second one for believers that we are rewarded for our good works and for what we have done in the kingdom of God you know there's one that's a soul winners crown I've taught on this before I don't have time to get into all of it today but but for those people that go out and win souls for Jesus there's a soul winners crown There's one for those that face endurance and persecution. You see, they didn't just go through all of that in life without anything to show for it. When they get there, they are rewarded. And and, and so I know, I know that that we're not all going to get the same reward in heaven. But I certainly don't want to show up empty-handed. And so I want to do what I have to do here. And I want to represent the kingdom of God here. And I want to serve saints and I want to serve sinners out of my salvation. Not for my salvation, but out of it because when I get there, it's not just good enough for me to be saved. I want to know that I've got something to worship him with so that I can lay it at his feet and show him how much he means to me. I want to go back to Jesus serving sinners. Because what, what an amazing example he set, even, even when he was on the cross... Remember on the cross between two thieves? He could not physically do anything anymore to bless them. And one thief is is sitting there just ridiculing him, mocking him. If you are the son of God, call the angels to come and save you. The other one looks at him and he acknowledges that, that Jesus is the son of God. He says these words to him. He said, when you come into your kingdom, will you remember me? He's not saying, when you come into your kingdom, can I sit at your right hand? Can I sit at your left? You see, this man recognizes that he's a sinner. That just to make it is good enough for him. Like, like I'm I'm where I'm going, the, what my afterlife looks like, please just remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus, hanging on a cross, decides to serve the sinner. And he says, today, you will be with me in paradise. And he served that sinner. And he hasn't stopped serving sinners. Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org.